Welcome to Winning Minds. We're not negative, we're positive. We don't get bitter, we get better. We don't lose, we win. We understand that life is more than what happens to you. It's about how you respond. And that response starts in your mind. And if you can change your mind, change what, how, and the way you think, you will change your life. Welcome to a positive mind, a better mind, a winning mind. I am your host, Fred Lavalley, and this is the Winning Minds Podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by my good friend, Hurl Stewart. You're going to hear from a man who not only made difficult changes while suffering painful criticism, but also a man whose heart is large and humble. Hurl said, the very same people who are putting me down and talking about me began to call me up and say, tell me what you did. I want to change my life. He also points out personal responsibility, saying, I had to make some decisions. I had to change some things. And so I encourage you to listen to this episode twice, because I guarantee you will catch some things the second time, and even more as you continue thinking about his words and story. For me, it was how good decisions changed his own mind, which resulted in changing the minds of people around him. So I want to thank you for listening, and I hope this episode contributes to your next winning decision. I'm here with... Hurl Stewart. It's my privilege to have him, to introduce him to everybody. I first met Hurl. I should have done the math, but it's been a long time. I'd say over over 10 years, I know. Yes, sir. Um, and I have known each other, grown yep. in a relationship, seeing him grow. He's seen me. We, we've grown together. Um, so he is now right. he's from Athens, the great city of Athens, Georgia. He is married, father of three, I believe, or is it four now? Three, three, three. Okay, okay. And uh, he now <laughs> yeah. resides in Augusta, Georgia, down there being an influencer in his community, doing big things. Um, yes, sir. So, Earl, go ahead and uh, tell people how you and I, I guess, first met, how our, our paths crossed. You and I uh, lived totally different lives, to say the least. But, uh, That's right. When our lives joined together, man. So, I'll let everybody know how all about that. Right. I met Fred back in uh, 2004, actually. Uh, pretty much, basically for me, uh, I pretty much was from the streets. Um, I never had my father in my life. And so uh, growing up, I was involved with drug activity, uh, alcohol, uh, you know, involved with the streets, in and out of jails, and just making bad decisions. And so uh, in 2004, uh, February 25th, 2004, I came into the church in Athens. Uh, and my whole life began to change. And so uh, that's where we started as far as, you know, meeting and our different things. 2004. I was a senior in high school, I believe, in 2004. And it's funny, my first memory of you, I forget what we, what exactly, the, not the, I know what the event was. It was a Friday night downtown. A church would always go down there. But we were sitting there talking just about making good decisions right there on a Friday night at 11 o'clock at night, right downtown, surrounded by bars and everybody drinking right. and running around. There it was, right. man, trying to make good decisions. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it was it was really crazy and it was really uh, difficult. I was really just struggling with a lot of things as far as, you know, you know, turning from my old lifestyle. It was a lot of people just pulling on me, uh, you know, to uh, live a certain way and uh, do a certain thing. And so uh, I was really, really struggling. At what, age, at what age did you first, you, you mentioned uh, drugs, alcohol, streets, all that. At oh, what man. age do you remember was kind of the turning point where you, I don't know if you made a decision, said, forget it, I'm going to do this. Or do you remember now looking back saying at this age when I first started to 
you know, used drugs or started getting in fights in the streets? Or about what age was that? Wow. Well, uh, my cousin back in 1992 uh, killed himself in front of me. And uh, I, uh, I witnessed that. And so after that happened, I began to drink a whole lot. Uh, my mom and stepdad uh, did a, like a bootlegging thing on Sundays. And so they would sell beer and liquor. And so what I would do, I would go in, into the kitchen. Like I would, I would steal beer and stuff like during the week. I would start drinking, but I was just trying to deal with that whole issue. And uh, I began to drink from that. Just you know, I didn't know how to go to sleep at night, and I was, I was just, I was, I was just tormented really. And I began to drink alcohol. I was 15 years old, and uh, it started from there. Just you know, my cousin killed himself, and uh, I was having friends and different things that were dying as well. And that was my way of trying to cope with life. You know, I turned to alcohol and turned to drinking at uh, 15 years old. Mm, that's, uh, I didn't know that part about you. I didn't know that, that, that it happened at such a young age. That's difficult for anybody to, uh, yeah. to try to process, let alone a 15-year-old young man growing up. So it sounds like you were pretty much surrounded by that, those kinds of lifestyles, drugs, alcohol, I guess violence, yeah. streets and stuff, gangs, anything like that? Well, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say gangs. Uh, you know, Adams, you know, they really have any uh, hardcore gangs, you know, I would I would say. But it was like east side, you know, versus the west side of Adams and you know, it was uh and people getting killed behind it too. It it was mm. it was serious. Yeah. And so uh but I began to get involved with that as well, just at an early age and uh just going on the wrong road, just following the wrong people, uh, being with the wrong crowd, doing all the wrong things. And so I never had my father, you know, as well in my life. And so it's just like uh, I didn't have a, a mentor. And so I turned to the streets at, at an early mm -hmm. age. I would look at the drug dealers, the guys that was on the street corner uh, in my neighborhood. I would watch them. And, you know, in my mind, I would I would tell myself, I want to be just like that one day. I want to have, a, you know, uh, a flashy car things like that and yeah. nice clothes and I would I would uh I would kind of fantasize on living that lifestyle as a as a as a child and so, so why I, mm -hmm. now you were obviously 15 you were I'm assuming you were in school there were role models potential role models people in school that could have served that for you but for some reason that didn't appeal to you you would you started looking more to people on the street, going on the streets. Why didn't you look to school or someone else in the community to, to follow after instead of people on the street corner or, or well, it, it wasn't really, it wasn't many role models uh, at home, you know, at, at school, I had some good teachers and different things. Uh, I had a football coach that was really good, encouraged me, but uh, the issue for me, it was when I came home, I didn't have any, anyone at home to really, teach me and to show me what it was to be a man and um all I had was these guys that was on the street corner you know mm. that was in my neighborhood so I kind of turned to that because that's that's all I was I was uh, used to at the time I didn't have any kind of role models so uh that's that's kind of what happened how did you progress to get to the point where you are now you're married you've been married for several years three children um yes sir definitely uh, turned things mm -hmm. around uh, what's what's been the changes that you've made in order to have a completely different life. Right, right. Well, I would, I would say uh, experience, just going through, uh, starting at an early age and finding out all the things that don't work. I would go to jail at least once a year. When I was, uh, what, 17 years old, I began to go to jail. The time I wow. turned 17, I began to go to jail. 
and I would go to jail uh, at least twice a year for something. I would be in and out of jails. And so uh, I got saved at 26 years old. And when I got saved, my life began to completely change. Mm-hmm. Like from night to day, it, it, it was a complete turnaround. And uh, that's, I, I think that was the starting point. It took a little time, but uh, I began to, I began to start going to jail. And uh, I was like, wow, you know, my life, I could tell I was changing. Mm-hmm. And I, I just continued in that. Did you have to make any specific effort and decisions in order to see those changes happen? Or did it all just overtake you and all of a sudden you woke up and you were completely different and it was all good? I had to make some deliberate decisions. It wasn't automatic. It was it was really hard and tough, you know, especially in the beginning. I would mm-hmm. I would go to I would go on three AA meetings a day, and my main thing was trying to stop drinking because I, you know, I was thinking that it was because of drinking that I was getting into everything I was I was going through. It was yeah. I had a bad drinking habit, and I would I would just drink myself to you know, I'm to sleep at night and different things, and so I was going to AA meetings. And uh, somebody witnessed to me downtown in Athens, and I began to come to the church. And uh, early on, I began to realize that I had to make some decisions. I had to really change some things. I changed my friends, the people I was hanging around with. Mm-hmm. I changed my phone number. I began to stop going out to the clubs. And uh, I just remember just making some some just clean-cut decisions. You know what? If I can no longer you know, hang around you know, such and such or go to this place or that place. And I began to make choices like that. And mm-hmm. I began to hang out with the people of God. I would go to church. I would go to fellowships. I would go have some good, clean fun. Because mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would always think there's no way I can have a good time if, you know, if I'm not drinking or if I'm not smoking or just high. I didn't see, I could see myself just being, you know, happy or just having a good time if I didn't have those things in my life. Yeah. When I began to hang around with the people of God, I began to have good, clean fun. And it was amazing because I would um, wake up with no hangover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like it, it, you know, everything was just completely different. But uh, yeah. it it was it was kind of it was hard in the beginning. I had people in my family that would come against me, you know, my mother, sisters, and cousins. You know, people would call me brainwashed and all kind mm-hmm. of foolish things. But you know, because I was going to church, yeah, and I was I was different. I was really different. And uh, so, how did you process that when? Your your mom, she's seen your life. You know, your you said your sister and other people, family. They knew you. They saw you grow up. They they saw you making decisions, going to jail twice a year, all of this. But then they came against what to you would seem to be a positive thing happening in your life. How did you process that? How did you deal with that with them in those conversations? Well, I just knew in my heart that I was I was doing the right thing. You know, I knew in my heart that I was going in in, in the right direction. Even though people were, you know, t- talking about me, you know, ridiculing me and different things, I knew I was doing right. Uh, so one thing I did begin to do is hang around with the people of God. I began to get with the people of God, you know, and just go to church. And in time, it took it took some time, but in time, uh, the very same people that were talking about me and putting me down, you know, began to give me calls. Mm-hmm. They began to call me up and say, hey, you know, tell me what you did. I want to I want to change my life. You know, they begin yeah. to ask me questions and different things, but it wasn't that way in the beginning. In the beginning, it was it was just it was kind of crazy because they would yeah. come against me, and I, I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand how when I was doing all the wrong things, you know, it would seem like you would want somebody to you know do the right thing. Yeah. 
And so I can understand they were just rejecting me, you know, for not doing the right thing. And then when I'm trying to change my life and trying to do right, they're like, I don't, I don't hate, you. don't come around me with that. I don't want to, I don't want to hear about that. So I was kind of mm-hmm. confused early on, but I just kept, I just stayed focused. In, in, in life, you begin to make those changes. You, you made deliberate decisions to make new friends, where you're going to go, how you're going to have fun, kind of how you're going to live your life. You started making those practical decisions. Kind of sounded to me just you're taking control of your life, looking at it and making decisions, not just letting it happen. Like that one saying, if you think you can or you think you cannot, you're right. I agree. Uh, I also heard one, too. It said, uh, it says, uh, if you're something about your mind not being made up, it was saying if your mind is not made up, then your unmade mind will make you. Make up your mind or your unmade mind will make you. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and post a comment. And then tell two people today about Winning Minds. I hope you'll join us on the next episode. But until then, keep your mind healthy and keep winning with the Winning Minds podcast.